Uh-oh, my condom broke. My mic pack condom, that is. Because the 19th episode of Ghost Light begins now. No, it doesn't. And <laughs> no, it's been nice, people y'all. People. Thank you for thank you for supporting Ghostlight. And this is our farewell episode. And go- I really well, thought- I don't know. It's your farewell for me because Mariah from henceforth and forevermore will be doing this goddamn show by her goddamn self. I'm sick of this. I have warned you time and time again. I'm people tired. I keep trying to tell people that condoms are used in the theater I, for mic pads and they you're, seem you're to like talking not believe me and then like, if you've I'm ever talked to a like a this. fragile male ego and i very much said i am no longer a part of it well i'm gonna say something so <laughs> and then when you talk to a fragile male ego about um non-lubricated mic pack condoms being used on mic packs and they're like oh no i can never do that shit and i was like shit it's literally you mad because a condom is touching you on the back. I simply it's touching your dick. I simply want to leave. Also, I don't um, even know why. Somebody told me. Somebody told me that they've been going to uh, a karaoke during a whole panor- during this panorama, and to protect the microphone, like the st- microphone stand, they've been putting their condoms on a stand. Y'all, it's a common practice in the theater. Like, why I'm are you here if you don't know? It's not. But what I am saying is that I am leaving. I never said what you said was not factual. What's up, y'all? This Mariah at Ghostlight by herself. Elena said peace. Listen, and that's it. Anyway, um, tell the people something. Oh, my gosh. What's going on, y'all? My name is Mariah Williams. And I'm Elena Walton. Still she couldn't here. even sing. She mad at me, y'all. I don't even want to sing my name today. And welcome back to the 19th episode of Ghostlight, Illuminating Black Artists, where we analyze plays written by black playwrights. Happy Black History Month! Yo! All right, I'll, I'll sing for that. I still want to leave. Yes, but, Jesus. Uh, um, yes, it is. It yeah. is. It's February 1st. Yes, it is. We're recording this early, but I'm pretending like it's February 1st already. So happy Black History Month. Like Happy Black History Month. Someone um, I saw um, in this Facebook group I'm in said that their child asked, like when when she explained like, hey, you know, next Monday is the first day of Black History Month. And that baby said, ooh, does this mean all black people are getting gifts? And I said, you know what? The answer is yes. The answer is, it should be yes. And and in response to that, I'm going to say, y'all, if you look down in the description, my cash app as well as Mara's will be there. If you would like to give any type of <laughs> if donation because we you know some, if, you're if a local you black like here we want are. to f- do your part on this here i'm talking to the non-black listeners last if year on juneteenth i got my i got a random do... cat i got a random venmo i love from it. a white <laughs> i love on it and i was like oh, i'm talking to white? my non-black listeners if you want to show your appreciation for the air conditioning you're sitting in invented by a black man 
uh, your grandpappies that you are your, wearing. Listen, cotton gin invented by a black man. The your grandpappy's open heart surgery first one performed by a black man. That peanut butter jelly sandwich you eat, you eaten because we pull. Listen, all nut butters. It it started with the peanut. Thanks to George Washington Carver. If you want to mm-hmm. show your thanks for the things in your home, no matter where you fall on the economic scale that allow you, you to live comfortably, you go down to that description and you show your love um, to the two black people who are bringing you joy and theater quality yes. theater content Thank every you. two weeks. And I have no shame in that. As far as I'm concerned, anything you want to add? To the That's all I got. That's all it's I got. It's time for the morning announcements. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Ow! All right, let's get into it. First and foremost, um, before we get into anything else, an hour before we sat down to record this episode, um, the internet exploded. Uh, in my opinion, if the whole world is now exploded if things weren't bad enough. Uh, but the internet exploded, um, announcing the death of the queen, the icon, the legend, Cicely Tyson. Um, whew. I, uh, I'm not even going to sit I, here. I have and, no words. And, like, I mean, yeah. This I'm not is even... a woman that has shaped so many characters that has revamped what it is to be a black actor throughout her entire career that has um, stood firmly in her beliefs while accepting and declining roles that has given us laughs, tears, a good time, has um, won countless, countless awards, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom, has Tony Awards. One uh, Tony Award, an Honorary Academy Award, a Peabody Award, a Primetime Emmy Award, just to name a few. And, and it's... It's very sad. Elena and I were trying to look it up exactly how she passed, but she was 96. So just the love and light while sending the soul home is just, it's, it's really sad, but it's also like, I feel like sometimes when you, you've given the earth all that you can, this is, it's, it's never too soon. It's never, it's never the right timing for a legend but when somebody has given their all like this is a woman that has given her all through her craft and i'm so grateful to have you know yeah her been alive during my lifetime yeah i would say to to had to know and appreciate her work um right in my lifetime me like many 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 others um i grew up watching cicely tyson uh she is on my list of inspirational artists um, mm-hmm. that made me feel like there was a place for someone who looks like me within this art form that I love in the first place. And I know that many, many, many black uh, creatives um, can say the same. I know that is not a statement that is unique to me. I... 
I'm, I feel like this is um, communal loss. My prayers goes out. My prayers go out uh, to her family and her very wide circle of friends and mentees um, because that's very much what she was about is holding that door open for the people behind her. Um, so I know that this is a very, very deep loss that is going to be felt by thousands, dare I say millions. Um, mm -hmm. And my heart goes out to every person who's whew, who's feeling that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That really happened. But in the vein of why we why we do this show and why we honor legends just like her, let's keep going. Um, yeah, something pretty awesome has happened. So, um, according to uh, Playbill dot com, uh, Brian Moreland was named Broadway Global Producer of the Year. Yay! A black Woo! man, come on! Black producer on Broadway. Black producers, black people in places of power. Hey. This is the things that we talk about. Yeah. Um, Impromptu so jazz number. Credits include Seawall slash A Life and The Sound Inside, and they both scored 2020 Tony nominations for Best Play this past very short season. Um, some of the upcoming productions that uh, he is producing is The Thought of a Colored Man at the American Buffalo on Broadway and Blue at the Apollo Theater. Um, he is on, he's the part of the Board of Governors with the, as the co-chair of the Multicultural Task Force for Broadway League and it's also a, a trustee on the board for uh, Broadway Care slash Equity Fights AIDS. So kudos shout out to you brian doing the things doing exactly what we are constantly talking about breaking down barriers opening up doorways for the next person to come through brian moreland congratulations congratulations on winning producer of the year yeah yes. all of that Olivia, do you have anything yes yes i do and this is something um that is very i'm i'm very happy to see adrian warren is teaming up with an organization darkness rising project uh the mm -hmm. darkness rising project for broadway performers uh, mental health assistance program she's developing that with them a little about Miss Adrienne Warren, in case you don't know who she is, check the resume. Um, she was the original Tina in Tina, the Tina Turner musical on Broadway. She also starred as Gertrude Saunders and Florence Mills in Shuffle Along, um, as well as Danielle. She was the original Danielle in Bring It On the Musical. So she's out here originating roles left and right. Um, yes. She's working with the Darkness Rising Project, uh, working with, for the Mental Health Support Initiative. Um, the whole point of this is to provide mental health care for Broadway company members of returning shows because those shows are starting to, you know, work their way back to the Great White Way. 
Um, using this program, performers can receive financial support for therapy through funding contributed by the producers of Girl from the North Country, which is one of four Broadway productions um, that are uh, is currently participating. Um, Adrienne Warren, you know, when asked about this, she said, you know, our community is in desperate need in so many ways. During this time, many people have benefited from just having someone to talk to. I feel it is important to do yes. what we we can to take care of ourselves and one another this is just one way to do that um so yes adrian warren we speak your name today queen um black people doing great and in case you're wondering about uh, the darkness rising they are a not-for-profit organization that is all about um you know helping singers and musicians in the black broadway community beyond music their nonprofit um nonprofit offers you know free wellness workshops they have guest speakers mental health educators um a music and mental health video series for free um, uh, and they also assist in finding free to sliding scale resources um, for, you know, mental health, you know, reasons for the black community. Um, so you can check them out at their website, darknessrisingproject.org, spelled exactly how it sounds, um, to get more information about them and what they're doing. I just love that, and I just wanted to talk about it. So there's that. That's awesome. Yeah, so... Um, Women of Color on Broadway are having a presentation or a show or some type of... I'm, I'm so excited to see what it's going to be. It's going to... And it's sponsored by Mac, so come on for the sponsorship. And it'll be on... It'll be on uh, Playbill, and it's called Summertime. And I don't know what it's about, but I'm super excited. It'll be dropping on... If if you're listening to this episode on the correct day on, on Monday when we drop, after the episode is over, head over to Playbill so that you can see what women of color on Broadway have going on. And look at the cutest... You guys, Elena and I record on Zoom. Look at this cute little girl that is the Come face of this on! project. Come on! Oh Just my goodness! With her I purple cannot. flower, because it would piss God off if you walk past the color purple and, and listen. Didn't it. Come on and now. that's so. it. That is it. Love so, it. Women of color on Broadway have really just constantly been doing the work, and I'm really excited about this new project they have coming up. Okay, it's time to move on. Ding ding ding. Oh my gosh, it's my week again. It is your How week. Did that happen so fast. It is your week. You kicked us off in the new year and now you're here to kick us off with this good old Black History Month. Yes. We're back. Amen. We're, we've done we're still doing this podcast. Okay. So, I was uh you know, I am I don't I'm tired of having these plays that well, having to pick to start us off on these important Listen, journeys, so. it's having you pick plays of Yes, I'm excited. But honey, I said, "Oh, we're reading what? Well, come on, oh, then. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna try not so, to get. I'm gonna try not to get too churchy on y'all with my amens uh-oh. and my fanning. Uh-oh. But like, listen, we're not just. Ugh, I'm sorry, this is not my week. Go ahead, just go ahead. Okay, you guys, it is no secret. Because you clicked on the episode, so you know what's going to happen up in here. We are discussing the playwright Terrell Alvin McCraney, and we are discussing the play In the Red and Brown Water. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's 
start where we start. So Terrell Alvin McCraney is obviously a playwright. Um, he is also the chair of the playwriting at Yale School of Drama. So super fancy. He is known for writing the brother-sister plays, which include In the Red and Brown Water, which we are discussing today, The Brother Size, and Marcus, or The Secret of Sweets. You also know him from Choir Boy, which I stage manage. I stage manage Choir Boy, and I also have stage managed Brother Size. So yeah, you better come on with these connections. Yes. I mean, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. But, no, you know, but I'm saying, I've like, read, you know, the creative the connect. Work. You're connected to him, right. you know. Yeah, through the work. Go ahead, read, girl. Read, read the work. Um... He was an international playwright in residence at the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, he also was the 43rd member of the Steppenwolf Theater Ensemble. Come on. But what most of y'all, well, most of y'all niggas probably know Not him from is as the writer of the hit movie Moonlight. Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful movie. Um... I knew of Terrell Alvin McCraney before Moonlight came out, so I was really excited when that movie came um, from Choir Boy and from The Brother Size. Um, from Florida, went to the New World School of the Arts in Miami, and that school, that's also where Lin-Manuel Miranda came from. So a lot of, like, big I don't names know out that, of that school, school that well, but yeah. a lot of bi- big names came from that school. It's a very, like, experimental type of place and then um actually got bfa from um theater school at depaul university which is another amazing school and then in 2007 graduated from yale school of drama's playwriting program which like i said before he's now the chair of (laughs) wouldn't go back to my mfa program and be the chair. all right (laughs) all right (laughs) what'd i say what did i say something wrong Mara, just go on. It's your week. Please go on. I cannot do this with you. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I said wrong. Okay, so let's get on to some of these awards. So, um, the Whiting Award, London's Evening Standard Award for Most Promising Playwright, New York Times Outstanding Playwright Award, Steinberg Award, MacArthur Fellowship, Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay, Moonlight, um, United States Artists Fellowship, 40 Under 40 List in the Connecticut Magazine. Like, come on, you guys. This is this is a man that is making things happen, okay? Goals. yes. And... and I, I really enjoy the fact, I don't know, like, I've heard oh, from quite a few, like, black playwrights out of Yale, like, the differences, and most of them have been graduated, so most of them graduated before Terrell Evan McCraney became the chair, mm. but, um, you know, white schools, grad programs, y'all put two and two together. I mean, here we are. So, <laughs> I'm, I can only hope that since he's taken over that department in 2017 that um things have looked up for the best yes well when Terrell Alvin McCraney and in his genius while he was at the Yale School of Drama in um in 2006 um that is when the trilogy because these are this is the first out of the brother sister plays right that is when the trilogy premiered um and the Colada Festival of New Plays. Um, 
So, Red and Brown Water was directed by Tina Lando, a, a white woman. But guess, Elena, can you guess who the what who directed the other two plays, Brother Size and Marcus are the Sweetest Sweets? Can you guess? Can you guess? Hint, they have directed a play that we have talked about before. And then we also have done this person as a playwright. Fun trivia. Robert O'Hara, always coming in for the win. So that was in 2006. And then the trilogy um, had a production at the Public Theater in 2009. And then, oh no, we don't stop there. And then it was produced in 2010 at the Steppenwolf Theater Company. And then, we don't stop there, um, Alliance, the Alliance Theater put up the, in the Red and Brown Water in 2008, which, like, I don't know... I guess I was really young at that time. Because I was going to say, how I that? I was say, 2008? I guess I was only in eighth grade at the time. In 2008, in the Red and Brown Water, was also produced um, at the Young Vic in London, where it was directed by Walter Mia Hohan. That's how they speak in London. Um, and then, in the Red and Brown Water, it was also produced at the Studio Theater in 2010. Okay, so... Something that you'll see in throughout the brother-sister plays is that a lot of the characters, their names are of Orisha. So you really need to study the Orishas and why these characteristics are embodied in these human forms. Um, Elena, I know that you did quite a little bit of Orisha studying yeah, for... Yeah, for my, for my uh, grad school thesis, got all into... Uh, Yoruba culture and uh, Orishas and religi- religious deities. So yes. I had a good old time and, reading this. Yeah, And then we are back in it here. So like, here's me and all my books trying to compare notes. So let's, let's get into our players. So we have, uh, we have Oya who begins the play as a, a girl and ends as a woman. She's a woman of color. Alegba who uh, begins the play as a boy and ends as a man. Okay. Here's all the connections for the play. Alegba is the god brother to Oya, and he is of Creole heritage. We have Ogun Size, who, like, um, the brother size is all about the size brothers, but red and brown water is where we are. Ogun Size, who is with Oya for some time, the nephew of Un Alegua, and he's a man of color. We've got Mama Moja, who is uh, also plays the woman who reminds you, who is the mother of Oya, godmother to Alegba, and she's a woman of color. We've got Aunt Alegwa, who is the aunt to Ogun, the god, and then o- Oya's godmother, and she's a woman of color. We've got Nia, who's a girl from around away. We got Shun, who is a girl from around away, and mm, her and Nia are friends, and she's a. <laughs> And she is a fair woman of color. Yeah, she deserves. She. Deserves I was gonna that. say she'll be the one receiving the cursing out today. Spoiler alert! <laughs> I have this cursing out have... ready, packaged with a bow. We have Hater. Shango, who is with Oya for some time. A dark man of color who can get these hands too. To be completely honest, I mean, here we are in the play. Here we are. <laughs> We have the man from the state, and the man from the state also plays Olorun, and this is a white man. Then we have the Agungun, who's a DJ, and he's a boy from around the way. Okay, so let's let's talk about the story first, and then we'll talk about the characteristics of the Orishas as we 
talk about the characters throughout the the script. Sound good? Sounds like a good time to me. Okay, sounds good to me as well. So, we are we begin with Oya. Oya is a track runner. She's a dark-skinned woman, young lady who is she runs really fast. She's really really talented. And she gets a scholarship. The man comes and is like, hey, uh, we want you to come and run for us in college. And she's like, oh, no, my, my mother is very sick. You know, I really need to be here to help her. Give me one year. Her mother ends up passing away. And she comes to this really, she in this really dark place. She's very sad. Um, um, Legba comes around um, because he is he is the jokester. He is the trickster. He is sly. Um which also very much goes in with that Orisha. Um, he he also talks about like crossroads, which we'll get into. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. So then Shango is trying to you know get with her, and he's like, "Oh, you're so pretty," but you know he always says, "You're so pretty for a dark skin girl." Whole bunch of bullshit, and she's kind of flattered by him. He they shack up for a little while. He ups and leaves, but um, Ogun. Ogun like has a stutter and he but he's in love with her he loves Oya he loves her with everything that he, that he has and she tells him you know it's it makes me sad when you stutter and then when Shango leaves he actually drops his he magically <laughs> does not have his stutter anymore and he's like I'll speak to you and it is like the most beautiful um portrayal of love like I don't I've never had a stutter but like he's like I will talk to you I will he he was really actively working to be for her love and he's a mechanic Mm. so he's working constantly he's leaving the house and Oya has this way where she just she sits outside and there's this sadness that is always about her um she's sad most of the time there's parties going outside and she just sits on the porch she's um doesn't really interact you don't really see the spark in her eye until like she's joking around with Legba so boom check it Shango comes back, and this kind of, like, spark comes back to her, and we know that something's going on, so she's been, you know, fucking around with Shango, and Shango ups and leaves again. Shango ups and leaves again, she's still with, she's still with Ogun, and then after a while, she lets Shango leaves, she's sad again, Shango comes back, she lets Ogun go, and then... What's happening is Oya is finding out that she is unable to bear a child. She, it's something that she wants. It's something that she wants with Shango. It's something that she has wanted with Ogun. It's something that she feels that is her duty as a woman. And she, she tries, she goes to see the woman with the answers who's like supposed to be this hoodoo lady and she's like if you don't know honey you don't know it's not if you don't have it and it's not within you so then Mm. she shango comes back shango got old bitch pregnant from around away and he comes to visit and one of the things he he's a slick talker he's a slick talker he anything that comes out of his mouth is like butter and the only people that could tell that he was full of shit was her mama and her auntie but auntie was kind of like egging it on too um so at the end she i'm not gonna say it until we get there but she does something very drastic to show to because she couldn't make this child for him 
she does something very drastic to ensure that he has a piece of her. And when that happens, chaos and her life is in shambles and destruction and um, we leave. And I wish that this is not a happy ending. Uh, no, no, it is not. We we leave Oya in this state of just sadness. And I, I, I want to stop there because we haven't gotten into like the Orishas and, and, and what they represent and how right. it, it manifests in this play. But we can do that while we're going through. Elena, so that's what it was about. We're, we're mostly, I'm just so you know, not going to do it through a lot of action today. We're going to do themes, um, Arisha's themes and um, main points. So we're not doing it through a lot of action. Elena, what did you think of this piece? I thought that it was a beautiful piece um, and that um, it is uh, bringing a beautiful culture um, and the beautiful um, feeling um, and and, uh, all of King McCraney's work always makes you feel like you're you're coming home, like you done been on a long ass journey, and then mm-hmm. that feeling of like you know that is when you done got back from traveling and you walk in your house, put your bags down, and just plop down on your couch and you let go of that sigh of relief, like ah, home. Um, and that's such an interesting. Now that hearing like saying it out loud, I feel like that is such an interesting comparison considering how much breath um plays a part uh in the play we're talking about today um when talking about style um and um you know potential staging and you know the language and everything but that's just it was no different with this um I have my complaints as I have kind of uttered already but it's not about his work well I mean it's about a character he made I don't like so in a way, it's about his work, but it's not a critique on his talent. It's a critique on the bum-ass hoe that he wrote for us and bum-ass hoes who live the bum-ass hoe lifestyle just like this character. So if it's if you know a bum-ass hoe somewhere, you can skip ahead to where this cursing out is going to happen because this is going to be a word just for, for them. them. It's just for them. So if you got a bum-ass hoe in your life somewhere skip ahead after you listen to the whole episode to where they get this cussing out and it's from me to them signed sealed and delivered so that's what i think about the playgirl (laughs) yeah so let's let's start with let's start with legba let's start with a legba show um a legba is we see Alegba come in in different states. Alegba is known as the deity of the crossroads. He is somebody that you cannot, if you want to get to, in the Yoruba culture, if you want to get to the other Orishas, you, this is somebody that you have to go through. He's known as a as a trickster. He's also known as, um, uh, Ale- it's also known as Alegba, so Aunt Legba. Um, he's the owner of the roads and doors in the world. Um, his colors are red and black or white and black. And, um, and he can be seen either as a young boy or an old man. Um, so he, starting to make sense when it comes to him, right? Yeah. Um, 
he is he's said to be present everywhere and at all times and i think that we see that because he he sneaks in he sneaks out yeah um there are moments where the characters on stage do not see him but he is always there he's always listening he always knows what you're what you are um what's being discussed and how to constantly move he's someone that that can't be caught um a trickster and there's something really beautiful and it we saw this when it came to when it comes to a lot of of black work but especially when it came to the august wilson play a gem of the ocean um like was having dreams about oya and those dreams still manifested spoiler alert the dreams that he that he has about oya end up coming to fruition because dreams <laughs> um and in that dream, he he saw oil on the top of, of, of water, and he saw blood, and then he, he, he saw her, but he couldn't make heads or tails of it. Now, at first, they were like, oh, he's being nasty, you know, because Legba, Legba's nasty. In, in the play, Legba's a little nasty. He's a little freak of Legba. He be is. getting around, okay? Not getting he around. He be getting around. He don't care who we are, okay? Yeah. Um, but he... I don't know. I really enjoyed his relationship with Oya because he he always seemed like he wasn't saying anything, like he was saying a whole bunch of nothing. Mm-hmm. But every he chose his words very wisely. You it was up to you to listen to his words and listen to what he had to say. Um one of the things that I loved um in the style of the play, the action is also said by the actors. Yep. So it would be like Mara gives look at Elena like, girl, are you serious? And like they're saying their action, which yeah. I just I love that. Like I love it. And um something that Alegba talks about three times when he is moving in and out of the shadows is that he's moving like the moon. So he was moving like a quarter moon, like an eclipse, uh sneaky like the moon. Mm. And uh the moon is very powerful. We know that it controls, um, it, it controls the waves. It controls the oceans. It controls the water. So these different times that, um, the different times that Legba was moving in and out of places. One of the things was like the third quarter, and it's and during the third quarter moon, that's a time where you're supposed to let go and release, and he's telling he's constantly telling Oya he's not telling her what to do but he's giving those he's dropping those hints to her but Oya just like the Orisha she is a fierce warrior she wants what she wants and she's going to get it yeah Oya is also the goddess of the tempest she's the guardian of the cemetery so she is she translates as uh she who tore Mm. um legend has it that lightning bolts thrown by her brother slash husband Shango Mm. uh she has Many lovers, but she was known as Shango's favorite in the Yoruba culture. Yeah. Which we see in the play as well. Right. Um, she appeared to rip the sky during thunderstorms. She whips up the wind and hurls them across the landscapes and rolls water until they overflow the shores and flood the land. Um, uh, mythology says that she lives in the Niger River and she is the goddess of chaos which we see throughout this play like listen it's everywhere she goes there's just a bit of chaos that happens to follow her that happens to 
come on her behalf even even things that didn't involve her right like yeah like take the baby shower for instance yeah. there's a part where the baby shower is going on and she's not doing anything she is just present but there's music there's uh dancing there's so much happening around her even when she is still and i think that it's just because oya the character attracts that because of her parallel to oya the orisha yeah goddess of chaos she refuses to be contained or regulated um she brings life-altering transformations and the greatest being birth and death the orisha oya bore children but those children actually did not live Mm. so parallel to the play as well but one of the big things that i wanted to talk about with oya and like i said no through line of action so we're just talking about the characters and their stories by themselves oya is also known as she's seen as destruction but usually the most beautiful thing that i find about the orisha oya is that once that destruction comes and everything is wiped clean yes just like when there's a controlled fire, just like when you turn over soil, now you have this clear landscape for something new to happen. Mm. And I think that is a, such a parallel to the end of the play. And we see that, like, when her world was ripped from her when her mother passed away, there was a time and a place for something new to happen, something pure to happen. That thing happened to be Shango. Yeah. Which wasn't that great. (laughs) Then when Shango was going off in the military, uh, chaos, a clean slate, time for something new, something fresh to happen. Then she was with Ogun. Mm -hmm. That that ended. Chaos, once again, the music, the the things that are happening around her in in the play. Yeah. Then once, uh, and she's known as a fierce warrior. She wants what she wants. So when she couldn't get it, then she does a dr- she did something drastic within the piece, and it left her with nothing. So now it's that true, pure form of nothing. So I like to think that even though the end of the play was sad, there's there's that it's sad, but there's still that hope because there's a fighter within Oya the Orisha that I think also translates into Oya the character Mm. that gives promise for something new to come out of, even though, even though she was painfully marked. Um, who, what do you think so far? Yeah, no, so far. Keep up with me. No, no, I'm here. I'm here with you. I've just been letting you like go off. Um, I'm, I love that you started with Oya um, and Alegba first because um, aside yeah. from um, Mama Moja, that those are the characters we kind of, we're kind of introduced to Mama, Oya, and Alegba all at the same time um, yes. after this prologue. And um, while we're here, I kind of like, want to talk about this the relationship between Oya um and Alegba before we move on um sure one of the first and foremost like with the dream that he had right away um when he uh described when he described this dream I automatically was just like oh lord no it's like because while they were trying to say that this dream was nasty like what he was it was interesting to me how that it, it spoke to how connected they were to me because what he was really dreaming about was her coming of age um, and that she was about to have uh, um, 
a serious like shove into womanhood because I like him seeing her above the water and the blood coming down and where he couldn't reach it 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 very much seems to me like she's about to level up she's about to take a step in her in her life journey in her womanhood somewhere that you cannot reach um this is not something as close as you are as much as you may feel for her um she's about to go through something where you are and like you will be able to call out to her but all she'll be able to she'll be able to hear you but that you're you're an observer at this point right Um, she's about to go through something you know you whatever um uh because yeah i immediately thought like okay blood menstruation crossing over into womanhood anyway um so there's that and then uh i don't know like because he he shows up like you know top of show and the first thing that her mom is like her mom is running all the, all the, all the sperm carriers away from the porch she's like Mm-mm, not you or you or you either she got um, straight trash so, yeah she was just like no you're trash yeah you're trash you're trash you're trash get off my porch um and but yeah, he continues to come around and like every time he comes in he has his own things that he's dealing with you know like. The, the the playwright tells us he starts to play a boy and then he by the end of the play he's a man it also kind of talks about a con it, it brings you know i'm getting ahead of myself one thing at Go a time ahead. Um, but like yeah he like goes through all of this but remains present and it's like anytime he comes in and anytime him and Oya like interact, he basically comes up and be like, mm, I see where you are in this point in your life. And, you know, this is shitty. That's going well. But this isn't. So what? And it's like, always mm, at like, the like, crossroads. Offer- just, like the, yeah. just like the Orisha is. It's always when she is trying to figure out which way to go that he's there to whisper something in her ear or to distract her and make her happy. But all, yeah. always giving her something that is that it with his attempt to push her in the right direction it's up to it's up to i mean just like in every in every religion in every life it's up to you to make the decisions once you have you have your own free will but there's always that voice there's always that spirit there's always someone or something right there telling you what you should or should not do it may not be as clear as day it may not be like do a a, b c d e f g but you know you know what i'm saying yeah Um, i almost want to say like um he kind of a he kind of almost like personified women's intuition for me it's like because he would come in and be like here are the facts here where you are so far sis this is what's going on with you you know that this is shitty this is what you can do to make your situation better and if you continue like this it's only gonna keep getting worse and it's like it, it made me think of like see like we know like uh, specifically as women especially when it comes to like our romantic relationships it's like the writing will be on the wall red flags over here red flags over there red banners and streamers hanging from the ceiling but Uh yet and we'll have that you know that still small voice that women's intuition that's you know telling you all the things like telling your head uh run 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 but then our heart gets all in the way and then we end up being in these shitty, shitty situation. I call it a uh, struggle love. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about romantic relationships, like there's plenty of examples of struggle love. Dating a broke nigga. 
um, sure. dating, dating, staying with a dude after he done went out and had a whole side baby, very Mer- uh, um, 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 Melanie and Derwin from the game. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There's the, like, you know what I'm saying? They're all, and I'm sure if anybody listening can send me a, a handful of different examples as well. Um, but with that being said, it's like, it also reminded me of like, you'll see your friend and they're going down this path and they're, you, you so much like, you're calling it out to them along the way, but at the same time, you can't really tell your that friend how to live their life. And right. it's just like, sorry, y'all. It's like all, it, it brought up, their relationship brought up a lot for me. And so it leads me to the question of like, number one, and talking about like struggle love and all of that, why, why do we stay? What is it? Why did, or, and, 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 you know, because she stayed. Anytime, at any moment, she could have easily made a snap decision that would have, you know, turned her fate on a dime um, and made things different. But she stayed. So it's like black women, like, why do we stay in these situations at like the, the door, the window? The door may be closed, but the window is right open, giving you a swift breeze and beaming light is coming through it to tell you where to jump out. So, like, number one, why do we stay? You think that shit is cute? And also, like... Oya, the character, was very, very young and naive. And I just remember myself, like, what, she's just graduated from high school because she's, we know there was, like, talk of a track scholarship. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if you can think back back at, like, the naivete of you right out of of high high school. school. Yeah. (laughs) But, because your girl was out here making bad choices. Child, um, all the bad choices. And really thinking that, you know, this is who I was in love with and it was really going to happen that way. Yeah. And like, and I'm not trying to say that this is an issue that only black women face. I'm not saying that women of other colors and creeds um, don't also uh have their shit too but I can only speak to my experience as a black woman and from the experiences Mm -hmm. of black women um who are close to me and this is a black ass podcast so that's who we're talking to um but it's just I feel like this I feel like this idea of struggle love and staying within that is I'm believing a generational curse that is gonna end with uh the millennial generation um Gen Z already is like on a whole nother planet when it comes to so many other things, but specifically, right. but um, specifically when it comes to get to this, like, I feel like the difference is Gen Z and like, say like my baby's generation who are being raised by millennials, like the messaging mm-hmm. from mother to daughter or like auntie to niece, godmother to god baby is different like we were all raised by boomers and the number one thing was it's like you know how do you think you know you get into this 20 year 40 year 60 year marriage you can't leave at the first sign of trouble you stick it out you stay loyal you yada 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 and like you know unfortunately her mother passed away but I feel like I mean I guess this is a perfect segue into talking about her um her auntie because i do yeah because i feel like she was also mentioned in the brother size but she's not in it right because she was she was whooping the size brother's asses love it they gave her headaches listen headaches but like she was i feel like you know she did try to come in very early like at the very beginning when she was shacking up um with shango was like girl but why 
Mm-hmm. Like here we are. It's the you you know it's it's the next year. Your mom has passed, and here it is. They held this scholarship for you. You know what are you doing laid up with this fool when you have a whole scholarship waiting for you over there? So yeah, let's we can get. But anyway, to wrap up what I was just talking about, it's just like now this new generation are going to be taught differently. I feel like Allegba and Allegua were like. I mean, they were. They were two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. Um. And it's funny because, like, Allegba was kind of pushing her in the right direction, but Allegba was like, oh, like, it was like Angel and Devil, like, oh, like, here we are at a crossroad. What are we going to choose? Mm-hmm. He find oh, I bet you're going to get some dick. I mean, she wasn't saying those exact words, but, and so there was, there was that internal struggle, which way do I have to go? And the struggle that we all have, right? Yeah. Who do you listen to? We're standing at a crossroad of something and um, at a position of change that has to happen. And Oya is the Orisha of change and, and, and clearing out and making a new. So I just, the character choices with these the the Orisha names with these character attributes are just like spot on. Yeah, because that's yeah, that's very. I feel like yeah, that's always that's that's Auntie Allegra. I feel like we can move on. Yeah, who's next? All right, let's talk about Shango. <laughs> let's talk so about let's the Chris with... Brown of the brother sister plays. <laughs> let's talk about him. Okay, let's let's first talk about the Orisha Shango, oh, okay. and we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into the character Shango. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so- <laughs> hate him not as much as i hate his ain't shit baby mama but he's right up there he's a close second right he's right up there so um shango is the god of thunder and war so shango oya right there and there yeah um they always seem to go together so um he is known as he he leads a full red-blooded life and he likes to party he is a great demand as a drummer for his dancing talents, and he's the cause of severe outbreaks of fun kindness wherever perpetrated. He is a ladies' man. The oh, this is I'm not talking about the character Shango, y'all. I'm still talking about the actual. He is. <laughs> his colors are red and white. He likes animals, particularly dogs. He also favors roosters and turtles. Um, he's very much a ladies' man. Um, he has that relation. This is according to um, the Orishas. He has a relationship with Oya that can be at times very, Rocky. you know, like a tempest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Um, he does not get on well with his brother Ogun because y'all, I mean, y'all see it in the play. Mm-hmm. And here we are seeing it in um, the actual culture and um, background of this religion. Yep. Um, he, so he is known as a warrior, which I think is, he goes off to war multiple times. We see him in his army fatigues. We see him as a ladies man going around the town. One thing that I could not stand about this bitch, the character now, I'm talking about the character. Yeah. One I was about I to say, honey, don't piss, this, don't piss off the ancestors. Woo! Yeah, I got We are talking sure about the character in the play. I, I'm being very, very, I am making sure that we are talking, we are getting Honey. the two correct. One thing I could not stand about the character of this bitch ass nigga was talking about, here we go, I, you and I have two different, you have the uh-huh. uh, dramatist play. Yeah, that's what I have. Services, and I have, I have a collection of the brother-sister play, so we might not be it's okay. on the same I'll final, I'll final. But girl... 
Where is it in your hymnal? When she, I'm on, this is not even, this is one of them, but this is not the first one. This one is on page 53 when Shango's talking to Oya, but there's another one when Shango is talking to Oya the first time. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my finger on this page while I go back to the other one so that I can cuss him out two times and at, at once. So Oya is a dark-skinned woman, a young lady. Mm-hmm. And he says, I rarely look at dark-skinned girls like that, but you black and fine, so I couldn't help it. She says, huh? He says, now nah, don't get like that. Why dark women always gotta get mad so quick? And she says, which I just like, perfect comeback. We can't change colors like the yellow girls when they blush, so we get mad quick so you can see it in our face. And this is not the first time that he talks about like, oh, she's so pretty for a dark-skinned girl. And like that just constant... And then he ends up getting the high yellow bitch pregnant at the end. I mean, her cussing just, out is coming. I mean, there's not really like, much to say than that. Colorism is trash. We all know where it came from. Um, but niggas that, niggas that perpetuate it is even worse. And you can't sit up here and tell me, you can't sit up here and tell me it's a preference, it's a preference when you're talking down on someone else. Exactly. Right? I can talk about how much I like apples without saying that oranges are a piece of shit or like... You, this orange you is or saying yeah, you're delicious for an orange like you I you know usually oranges taste like ass but you are but you're a cut you're a cut above the rest I'll make orange juice out of you mm, savoring the flavor yes all of that and the way that he I mean the way that he would just leave at the drop of a dime without even telling her without um so much as giving her a high uh, hey, I'm about to leave. The uh, other than the first time, it, he would just like, oh, you're back. Oh, you're leaving. Oh, it just the turmoil that he put the character Oya through. I just I I don't see it for you, partner. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I I have I've read this play quite a few times, but I've never actually seen it. But whoever cast Shango, you better be a fine motherfucker because ain't ain't no dick that good. I mean, it's usually, uh, it, it usually, is, like, when you hear about women talk about ain't shit, because let's, let's be real, Shango is very much that nigga who is sitting on your couch playing video games all day, ain't hitting a lick on a stick and eating all your baby fruit snacks and juice out of the refrigerator and drinking all the baby juice, and yep. you get to the point where you are fed up, fed up, fed up, and then it dick you down real good, and then you you sit your ass back down somewhere and then you forget and the cycle starts all over again you get tired of paying all the bills get fed up fed up fed up and he hits you with a full body massage dick you down real good and you right back to being broke and still struggling to pay bills and it's just like whoo as far as everything is concerned like we know what the colorism is rooted in but it's like also um just to jump back to the colorism real quick uh yeah because um, a lot of things that have been happening in pop culture recently, a lot of we're seeing a, a lot of men saying men saying shitty things um, and splur, you know, just splattering their colors values all over the inter- Internet. And one thing that's really pissing me off 
is seeing pygmies like Shun in this play in the comments of mm-hmm. these things, giving excuses for men and then saying like, well, slavery and Jim and, and, you know, the Willie Lynch and, oh, you know, that's why, you know, these men, and if we just need evasion, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something like somebody should have told Oya something. Y'all be having all the patience in the world for these raggedy ass black men who still are out here saying that Tory Lanez maybe or maybe not didn't shoot Megan the Stallion they are in no Ooh, way they are go. in no way we have talked about this on this podcast already like yes we love black men but we need more from black men they, and if you and let me also say this because I know we have black male listeners if what I'm saying does not apply to you then you should not be getting offended if you are finding yourself getting offended the problem is with you it's not with me yes. so stay out my DMs mm-hmm. so stay out my DMs oh. um, or come on in so you can get this <clears throat> And getting back to it, stop making excuses for these for these whack ass black men who wouldn't even uh, breathe hard on you if your ass was standing in the middle of the street naked and on fire to put you out. And in the year of our Lord, 2021, where we're hoping he's going to bring us out of this whole Panda Panda Express. Shut the fuck. Online resources yes. are becoming more available now than ever. So they don't even got to take a trip to the library to pick up a motherfucking book and find out all the ways in which what they are doing and saying is fucked up. Start hold If you really love them, start holding them accountable start holding them when accountable. they start saying That's this right. raggedy ass bullshit. That's where the love needs to come from. Love them enough to hurt them before the world harms them. Oh, oh. You sound like somebody's mama. I'm just saying, like, the Shangos of the world. Like I said, um, Chris Brown, uh, the Chris Brown of the play. Um, Correct that shit. Period. And then, what was, what was that? Because I went back to color. Oh, yeah. And as far as the nigga sitting on your couch, um, eating them fruit snacks, stop uh, falling oh. in love with the, with the potential of these niggas. And understand that if you signing up to love these, uh, love these men, um, you know, God forbid, marry these men, you need to do that with a, with a clear mindset, uh, understanding that what if him sitting on the couch, eating fruits and your baby fruit snacks and playing, um, you know, NBA 2K or whatever the, the girl, the, the young men are out here playing. What if that is him working at a hundred percent capacity? What if it don't get no better, better than, than that? that? What, you know what I'm saying? Think literally. What if Tyrone is not going to finally get that job, that, that new job at the, you know, in and out. What if he ain't trying to go for manager? What if he is good doing that for the rest of his life? If that, if he has a job at all. If he has a job. And if you know, and if you know that you are not here for serving up your goodies to somebody like that for the rest of your life, tell him to gather his musty ass socks and drawers and get the whole hell out of the ha- out of your house and i don't care if his name is on the lease also or not you're the only one paying the rent but it's so always it those your people, home it's always those people that like it's those struggle loves it's those toxic loves i mean like take it from somebody that's you know been in one uh same i have been i have been delivered from them but like take those those struggle loves those 
horrible, toxic relationship that you've been in, just like Oya and and Shango, they always come back somehow until you can really break it off until somebody is actually hurt, you know? And somebody's not just their feelings are hurt, until somebody's actually really fucking hurt. Mm. There's always that chance of going back. There's always that that flood until they and, do and, something and devastating exactly exactly it always um, takes them doing something devastating for you to finally see, let go we see it in the play we see it manifest in real relationships all the time all the time and i i i don't know what the solution is so that you can't leave those relationships without being devastated the script does not give us a solution uh, right to go slide dot scripts at gmail.com give us your wanna, solution if y'all want to sponsor us for some free therapy sessions so we can work through our own shit listen somebody know how to connect us listen connect us to talk space so we can get that ad anyway and you know just somebody to talk to so you know but, that too but when but those relationships there's that when it's good it's great when it's bad it's awful Mm-hmm. And that's what it was with Oya and Shango. That's what it is that we see manifest in um, everyday relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where to next? Where to next? I mean, we already uh, said that it ends devastatingly, so we can always jump. Um, I'm re- Never mind. I just cussed out Shango. Let's talk about Ogun so that way I can take a sip of this water and refuel oh. for when we get to the bitch I really want to cuss out. Oh, goon. Uh, the, about the only person who I feel bad for. Like, I low-key feel bad for Oya, like, for Oya as well, because bl- another black woman, I feel your struggle, sis. I have. I've read all of the brother-sister plays. Okay, and then... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, just, like, every time... Ogun... So, Ogun is the god of iron, war, and labor. Um, mm. he's the owner and of he all labors. Te- Lord, okay, and he's a me- he's a mechanic, which we we see. Um, mm-hmm. He is the owner of all technology, and because of this technology shared in his nature, it is almost always used first for war. As Alegba opens the road, it is Ogun that clears the road with his machete. He is recognized mm. in number seven and in the color green and black. And in this. In this piece, I think that it, it it's Ogun is the person that does the work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in this piece, um, I I don't want to speak out of term about the actual Arisha, but in this piece and the pieces of the brother sister play, o, o, Ogun is the person that does the work and still gets and does the work well, does the work with pride and still just gets the shit in of the stick and is willing to continue to do the work for something that he feels is necessary whether it is for Oya's love whether it is for his brother whether it's for the person next to him there is no um there is no one that can shake him from being truly who truly who he is and who he is is being the right person who is being a good person who is and something he told he told Oya that he he was filled up with love. He wants mm-hmm. to, what everything that she needs is right here. And Ogun is one of Oya's lovers in the Orisha tradition. I mean, in the um, yeah. Yoruba culture. Um, and he 
with the Orishas, it you know, Shango is Oya's favorite, Oya is Shango's favorite, but like Here's my thing, um, with Ogun. Um, aside from like yes to all of the spiritual things and connections you made, absolutely. What I would simply add to that with Ogun, the main thing, um <laughs> and I mean this isn't a groundbreaking observation, but it's an observation. Why is it that the Oguns of the world, we're like, nah, mm-mm. I mean, he loved me down and, you know, wants to be a real partner to me. But, you know, he just he just has this one thing and one little thing about him that I that don't I like mm-hmm. that I can't. Mm-hmm. But so I'm just going to stick chasing after this ain't shit nigga over here. And it's just like the person that you're chasing behind. You're like, you know, the only thing they have, they are bringing to you is chiseled features and dig. The things about them that the fixer upper over here, that's a house that's like, it's falling apart. The shingles are falling off. The windows are all shattered. You know, the plumbing ain't worked in over a century. Like, whoo. Meanwhile, here it is. This man has everything that you claim that you want, but because of this one tiny flaw, what his stutter, girl, we can get on um, some special drops that he dropped. But even then, if he never had, like, oh, it breaks my heart to hear you stutter. They they get that baby in some speech therapy and keep it pushing. I Let mean, me this, tell y'all, this something. play takes place in in the near present. I mean, in the distant present. So it's not like like if we were putting this up, the music would probably be the music that you hear on the radio would be part of the top hundred you know what i'm saying this is not something that is set in i don't think i even said that it's set in the it's set in the distant present and it takes place in louisiana give me a time to flip through and i will tell you exactly what city in louisiana in saint pierre louisiana i don't speak i don't speak like y'all do down in louisiana I'm y'all cr- so, i can i cannot with this accent you I'm, just <laughs> i didn't do I'm not that great. All the listeners we might have had in Louisiana just said, you know what? And bye. And just turn this off. I'm still coming down for a big yay. (laughs) Baby. I'm still coming down, baby. Not for a beignet. Okay. Anyway, all I'm saying, yeah, no, you're right. All I'm saying is, it's like, y'all, maybe we need to, like, like, uh, I can can't there be like um i don't know a limit i guess i'm talking about can't y'all have some boundaries but i'm trying not to sound so stank when i say it say but it. it's like on the list of fixer upper things because you know as the trolls in frozen told us everyone's a bit of a fixer upper but can't the list of things you're willing to fix be short and you know at least fall under the qualifications that you don't have to be um a no a bona fide certified therapist to fix it because some of these people don't need just love in a box of biscuits. They need straight-up therapy. Okay. And y'all are up here trying to do the work of someone that should be getting paid, you know, 90 to to $100-something dollars an, an hour. An hour, yes. Some of y'all, and if you really want to help him out, get him some health insurance so he can afford a decent therapist. Because it's not you, sis. If you can't, if you don't like the way he speaks... Um, go on YouTube. I'm sure there are free resources to help with speech therapy. If you don't like the way he dresses, hell, take him to the mall with you, and you know, be like, baby, I ooh, I just, uh, I think it would be so sexy if I dressed you. Get the baby some clothes. If you don't, um, 
I don't know, uh, like the way his his teeth look. Hopefully, he's a good man with a good paying job, like Ogun, and he had, that comes with benefits and dental insurance. Yep. And y'all can get that worked out too. All I'm saying is, if you're gonna have, if you're already approaching relationships with this idea of, you know, I ain't afraid to stand by my man and fix him up and do whatever, whatever. At least pick some pick pick a man that, whoo, pick a man. At least where the your to do list is gonna be short. <laughs> that it's not gonna be, you know, on top of everything else that you are facing on your day to day. Just waking up, being black and female. That's hard enough, you know, or black and male. And let me be clear, y'all. I'm not trying to be on some Aisha Curry shit and speak from a high horse like no. I got it all together no, and that, you know, everything that. is fine and great. The only reason I am speaking from this, like, auntie ass, like with this auntie ass tone in my voice is because I have been there and I have done it. I, too, have made the mistake of picking the Shango. Okay, me and too. Listen, me too. And listen, I want better for y'all. I want better for y'all. I want to see y'all winning. I want to see you winning. And that's why I'm telling y'all, like, honey, get with the Ogoons. Get that baby some speech therapy and keep it pushing. Right. Okay. Um, Woo! Who's um, next? We've hit oil. We've hit... Okay. Let's go on to these bitches. Like... Are we here? I think we're here. Okay. Let's do it. You just tap me. I'm just going to sit here. You tap me in when it's my time. So, first of all, so Nia and Shun, they're besties from the Westies. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. Shun always got something to say. So, what hap- So what had happened one time, y'all? So, Oya loves kids. Olaroon, who we're not going to talk about too much, he's a white person in the play. It's also very interesting that he used the name Ola Room for the white person, but I couldn't yeah, really we make don't heads care about the I don't care about them. I couldn't make heads or tails of that character. So, um, Shun has a child, right? Already. Already got a baby. Mm-hmm. Already got a baby daddy. And one time Oya was like, oh, whose baby is this? And she decided to tell Oya, not yours. And so Oya was like, oh, stank. And her baby, while she wasn't watching it, was eating fucking fireworks mm-hmm. off the street. What if, and Oya said it. We in the hood. We in the ghetto. Why you got Why you got your baby out here unattended? As many uh, gunfires is happening out here, as, as uh, fireworks on the street, why your baby out here? Boom. Check it. So she wanted to come around. She wants to laugh on Oya's face. Ah! You always trying to care my baby. No, you're an irresponsible parent. You're loud. You're ghetto. You're rude. <laughs> you and your little stink ass friend. So then she's your loud, your kettle, she always and rude. <laughs> she also she also um, you know was fucking Shango. And the sad thing that happens in the end is that she Shango planted his seed in her. Um, uh, something that Oya. So now she's able to give Shango something that. Oya cannot. Mm-hmm. And what does she decide to do with her little stank ass, ugly ass, got your second baby daddy face ass? Go around to her house while Oya is minding her business, sitting on her motherfucking porch, 
to tell her, oh, um, you haven't heard? Shane goes back. He also got a baby on the way. By moi. So it's my man now. So now you mm. basically a, a I win, you lose type of shit. Mm-hmm. And then to fake, the, what killed me, girl, was the fake uh, invite to the baby shower. So I just rude, crude, socially unacceptable. I don't like these girls. I think that these characters are nasty in every sense of the word. I think these characters have absolutely no quaffed about themselves. I just and and we go ahead, Elena. I, I'm so upset with this. Okay, so first and foremost, let me just start this by saying that it brings me no joy to cuss out Shun, and I'm going to tell you why. Her name is derived from one of my personal favorite um, of the Orishas, and that is the Orisha Oshun. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Oshun. I actually know, um, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I know quite a bit about her because, again, you know, thesis had to write it um and i did i used her for a character study so oshun is also known as the river goddess um or the river orisha uh she is associated with water purity fertility love and sensuality and so she's also considered to be the most powerful mm-hmm. of all the orishas um however if there, if you were to say like, you know, if you were to make a pro and con list, cons is that she possesses human attributes, things like vanity, jealousy, and spite. Um, she says it in the script. I mean, her homegirl tells her, "You be jealous all the time." And so, um, generally, she's depicted as a protector, savior, or nurturer of humanity. Um, she's also associated with like you know, performing arts things, specifically music. Um, Y'all saw Beyonce dress up as her. That. But she is also, in other myths, uh, she is also one of the wives of of Shango. Basically, if you were to look into, uh, long story short, if you look at some of the myths involved in her marriage to Shango, uh, when it comes to the other wives, Oshun is, is, she's that, Mm. Um, if we were to equate her to like a contemporary like type and I say that with air quotes she's the bitter baby mama yep she's the one um, that you know when her baby father you know figures you know what this is too turbulent this is you know too much for me I really just want to be a father to my child but I don't really want anything to do with you and then Mm -hmm. moves on and tries to be in a better healthier emotionally healthier relationship she's doing everything she can in every which way to cause problems and run off the new bitch she feels like you know she's the OG and it shouldn't be no more after her he ain't allowed to love or live or be happy past her and i guess that's the version of oshu that we're getting in this play yeah so i told y'all that a bitter bitch cussing out was coming and so here it is play this for the bitter bitches in your life speaking to the bitter bitches of uh within um their romantic relationships look sis it's over yeah it might have lasted if he would have done this 
Yeah, he might it might have lasted if you would have done that. But neither of y'all did none of those things. And the shit is done with. Even if he isn't with someone else. Matter of fact, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He's not with you. And therefore, it's over. So what mm-hmm. you need to do is collect your things in the finest duffel bag. And I'm talking, get out of your emotional bag mm-hmm. and get that, you know, that duffel bag packed. Because you pack a <laughs> duffel bag when you're moving the fuck on to yes. somewhere else to your next destination. Mm-hmm. And move on with your life, sis. It don't matter what could have happened and what should have happened. It's done with. It's over. He's not going to change. And then right now you're in a place of feeling like you don't have to change either. So stop wasting your energy on, but you know how much time and effort it takes to be better. That is shit that you can be putting into other things, other things. If you were to put that effort and that energy into chasing a bag, into chasing a bag, instead of digging deeper into your bag of feelings, the sky is the limit, sis. So there's number one. That's bitter bitch. Number one, bitter bitch. Number two, the one who I described a minute ago, that that bitter baby mom that can't let go, honey, go right now to wherever your baby is and just take a look at that beautiful baby that you have. So beautiful, so vibrant, so full of life. What if the only purpose in, you know, the the universe, God, whoever you believe in, The only point in, you know, bringing you and that man together was to make that child because that child has a special purpose here on the physical plane. And now that you have fulfilled that part of your destiny, which is, you know, was to bring that child into the world Mm -hmm. and it ain't shit else for y'all to have to do with each other. What if that is the case? Move in that, sis. Focus your attention on nurturing that child and turning them into being the next king or queen that we need out here in these streets because we need more. Are you watching the news? We need more people out here. We need more people out here raising up this next generation of black kings and queens to be the best that they can be so they can keep carrying the legacy forward so that, you know, they can keep running the race and fighting the battle so that we can win the war. Stop giving a shit about a nigga that don't give a shit about you. If he with her, that's fine. don't got shit to do with you period come on with pass it. pass you know communicating about that seed that y'all planted and watered together it ain't shit else for y'all to talk about right because i guarantee you all the reasons that you had just like i was talking to bitter bitch number one that list of reasons that you had for why he wasn't the one and shit ain't work out none of it has changed none of it has changed and sleeping with him behind his new girlfriend's back and getting pregnant again and again, that's not going to make him come back and be with you either. It sure isn't, sis. It sure the fuck isn't. Making the first baby didn't keep him. Making two or three more isn't going to reel him back in. Period. And if you think that a nigga won't say anything and everything he needs to say to get you to drop those draws, you're mistaken. Shango is right there. He will say whatever he needs to say to, to climb back in that sweet spot. Please don't do it. And I'm talking to everybody. And that's and, the, and the, that's what I have I have to say to that. Because Shun ain't shit. And that she is literally ain't. what she did this entire time. He don't want you neither. And did you think that Oya is the only person that Shango is fucking sis? 
and not. I guarantee you. That's just a person move. on your radar. That's just a person on your radar. She just live up the street from you, so that's the person that you can get to. Shango done been to across seas, fighting in the military. He got got he got those in different area codes, like Luda say. He got mm-hmm. babies all over the place. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hmm. And why is that? Why is it the shoons within situations like this, they hone in on like that one Oya. Because they, they view and her decide as weak. And that's the one they're right? going to attack. They view her, they view the character as weak. They view the character Oya as someone that is easy to manipulate, easy to poke fun with. They And I think it's an underestimation of her power because I think that the character Oya also hasn't, had the chance to tap into her own power because she was um, damaged uh, by this relationship so early in her life that she mm. didn't, so I think that she's preying on the weakness. I'm sure that Shun probably knows of another bitch or there's probably another bitch coming around, coming around at Shun's house and like, oh, bitch. <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like the energy is very much that you could throw a rock and hit like five different bitches that Shango is fucking. Right. That whole shit Without that a doubt. at the beginning, oh, I don't want no kid to make me old, honey. Old as hell. One of, the, one of those niggas that's got 15 kids by 20 baby mamas, like just he's one of them okay so i'm gonna go ahead and close the hymnal but as i close the hymnal i'm gonna just open um up a little bit just to read some more things about oya and my takeaways from this text that i've read and comparison with the piece and Mm -hmm. let us be on about our day so um we talked about Oya being the goddess of tempest of the tempest and um, the guardian of the cemetery, and how uh, she's closely associated with chaos and sudden change. Um, but one of the things that I like, I said I mentioned it earlier, but I kind of just want to reiterate it for the closing of the hymnal. She Oya uses that chaos to create an opportunity for rebalancing uh, by destroying old frameworks and reorganizing things with the new structure. Um, it is that chaos will always run its course with within the Orisha Oya that chaos will run its course, and then you will find yourself a place for something new. So I see it within this with this within this piece that the chaos of the relationship with Shango runs its course we we know that he does not look at her he never comes around when um she was left literally bleeding he literally turned around and walked away from her and when it seems like it's the lowest that you can get y'all when it seems like it is there is absolutely nothing left when it seems like there's no way to turn when it seems like everywhere you go is destruction in that destruction, there's always a piece of earth that is coming anew, that is overturned, that is ready to be seed, that is ready for a seed, that is ready to be planted, that is ready to grow and create a new harvest. And I just want everybody to remember that, like, there is a lot of intricate pieces in this, in this piece. And there's a lot of intricate work when it comes to the Orishas and studying the Yoruba culture. But one of the main things taking away from Oya was the, was the fact that not all hope is lost. 
even when times get fucking hard, even when shit hmm. looks rough, even when the wind is blowing, the storm is crashing, the lightning is striking, the it seems like there's death on the horizon, there's death around you, when it seems like there is nowhere to go, there is always a chance to rebuild. And I think it goes with the that old saying that you can't do something new by doing it the, the same old way. Like, you can't... <laughs> You can't do, you, if you're trying something new, you can't try it by doing your same old habits. You've got to build a new, you've got to have a restructure and it's okay when things come crumbling down. If you built a house, right? If I built a house and that house came crumbling down, I am not going to build it, rebuild it the same exact way. And I think that Oya gives that hope that there is, there is a new way of doing it. There is a new hope. You're going to be at that crossroads. So that, that that um that relationship with Oya and Oleg but there's there you're gonna come to that crossroad but there's always a path there's always a choice so y'all and I, I I'm talking to myself because I've had a rough week and it Honey, seems you're like talking there's to yourself to me to <laughs> us it seems like there's all. destruction everywhere but just remembering that not all hope is lost you ain't out of the game until you out of the game and we in the game and it's okay to hunker down while the storm until the storm passes. It's okay to see everything fall before you because there is always, always, always a chance to rebuild. There is always a chance for um, that little patch of grass over in the corner, that little piece of soil over in the corner is ready for you. Um, so that's all. That is it. I'm ready to close the hymnal. Thank y'all so much. Ding, ding, ding. All right, y'all. So the time has come. It's time for the golden question. So Mara Williams. Um, the ink has dried on the contract. Uh, the check is on the way, girl. You got the notification to your phone that lets you know that the check is pending to your account. Um, in what way will you be contributing your talents, your gifts to in the red and brown water? I would love to direct this piece, but I think that, honestly, I think that I would love um, to cast this piece uh, to make sure that the actors coming into this are prepared throughout the audition process, prepared for what this piece has, the nuances of this piece, the layers of this piece. Um, mm. I I feel like if I was an actor in this piece, I would play Shun, which I would fucking kill, like... A bad bitch is just gonna be a bad bitch regardless, even if you ain't you shit. Know what? Like I'm all right, this has been ghostlight. <laughs> casting director. I love it. Um casting for this is very important. Um, aside, you know, just from making sure that you find actors who are grounded and ready to do this work. Mm-hmm. Uh casting actors, um willing to do the research. That can, like Yeah, that can do the because research they're, and they're Anybody can be an actor, but are you are you willing to do the work that this piece requires, or are you gonna, yeah? I mean, you know, God willing, there's budget for a dramaturg, but at the same time, I feel like a dramaturg can only give you so much. They can give you the a starting point, but it's up to you, um, you know, and your level of work ethic and all of that. Yeah. Um, to do because you got to be your own dramaturg for this for your character alone let alone this story um who your character is um so yes go off casting director amen all right give us another ding and then we can wrap up this here show ding ding ding
All right, y'all. So here we are, the last segment of this here podcast, Letters to a Young Queen or King. Uh, This is a part of the show where Mariah and I will either write a letter or a monologue um, in honor of our past or future selves. Uh Um, Last week, I forgot to announce on the air um, what Mariah's uh letter and or monologue writing assignment if you will would be um but i did shoot her a good old text message Uh and what i told her to do was to write a letter or monologue to mara williams that existed in the summer of 2017 um whether or not she will share why that is significant you know we shall see mara take it away okay So I wrote this like a drunk speech. (laughs) I love it. Let's hear it. Welcome to the land of the unknowing. Welcome to the time that you have been wishing for. You have made it despite everything. Getting your undergraduate undergraduate degree and now on to your master's. Here's to the new you and all the mistakes you are about to take. Here's to the hose that you have now, and you will drop because you're going to run back into the arms of the wrong person. <laughs> you have no idea what is coming, and I don't know how you made it through, but you did. You're broke. You're tired. But you look good doing it. You are a fighter, bitch. You are constantly making it through, and look... I'm here to tell you that you are stronger than you appear. You don't take no shit, and you should go fiercely in the direction of your dreams. Though you may stumble on your journey, don't give up. Oh, and girl, you know you were wrong this summer for hyping up old girl's dream about being your girlfriend and bringing her around your friends, fucking her good, and telling her that you were just not into her and all that, um... Because you got another little side piece in another state, and it ain't gonna work out the way that way that you want it to. You fast ass hussy. Not you fast ass hussy. I was hoeing that summer. <laughs> Wait, that's the end. That's it. All of this got wrapped up with you calling yourself a fast ass hussy. I I said, you know what? I hope y'all enjoyed episodes one through nineteen and them little bonus episodes we gave y'all because I shan't be returning. I'm tired of this. And I am tired of her. Why why would you What I do? Not too fast ass hussy. Do you have anything that you would like to say in reference to that? Or are you ready to drop your mic and be out i've been delivered i ain't, <laughs> I ain't a hoe once upon a time not long ago i was a hoe okay and all I right and so if you want to keep up with ghostlight you can follow us on instagram <laughs> at ghostlight underscore podcast um click follow on facebook facebook.com slash ghostlight podcast um if you want to send in your letter to a young king and or queen um email us ghostlight.scripts at gmail.com Mariah, where can they find you even though i don't know why in the hell they would want to where could they find you first of all 
before I figure, before I tell y'all how I'm gonna find you, Elena, your letter for next week, okay, is a letter to yourself one year from right now. All right, and if y'all want to find me <laughs> and keep up with me, okay, Lord so Jesus, you can find me at mara.williams or mara underscore williams y'all gonna have to check and see which one it's on either twitter or instagram but who the hell else name is mara <laughs> follow me at it's elena walton i-t-s-e-l-a-i-n-a-w-a-l-t-o-n instagram twitter um clubhouse I recently found my frat and sorors on Clubhouse, so I might be on there a little bit more. So I promise it won't be a waste of time if you follow me. As always, thank you to Bo King for our opening music. And thank you, Ed Jr., the new ruler. You stay out here trying to make us sound cute and shit. Peace. Bye.